Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> They should have opened the song with the Boomer Sooner song from Seriously. Uh, Oklahoma. You know, Boomer. are you okay? Yeah, I'm you, good, you know, I, I mean, well, did, did you have a good Valentine's with Rachel? Oh, um, no. Oh, no, come I was on. I say, it doesn't sound you, like it from ooh, that response. You can't be, you got to be kidding me that you, you, did you screw this up again? Not exactly. Like, oh, God. That's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now what did you do? I didn't do anything. Let me say this. Well, that could be a problem, mm-hmm. too, in itself. All right. Let me explain. You ready? Okay, go ahead. So we get off the air yesterday evening. Okay? Yeah. Because you still- had said, just to back up real quick, you had told us on the air, big plans, big night with Rachel. As soon as you are leaving the show, you are going to make amends for the lack of, quote, unquote, romanticism in your life. You know, despite you took her to a restaurant that was called Osteria Romantica and she did not know because she wasn't wearing her glasses. Right. Uh, But you were going to have a big, 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 big night on Valentine's Day. Yep. Uh, Didn't go out that way. Didn't exactly work that way. We got off the air. I stood in front of the mirror for about 15 minutes or so. Mm Mm-hmm analyzing the wrinkles in my face oh boy to determine what the hell's wrong am i am i really a boomer am i like an old guy here like what's my problem you know bags under my eyes wrinkles you know i like a whole thing you know so i i analyzed my face for about 15 minutes in the mirror and then 15 minutes that's a long time to analyze your face well i'm looking were you high no 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 not at all not yet at that point oh um, but I'm looking at my face. I'm trying to decide, like, is there, do I have any creams or or anything that I could put underneath my eyes? You know, what you think, uh, like like an instant cream that's gonna like just take away the bags? I mean, just something, anything to make me look just a little younger. I, I mean, like, if we had the antidote for that, we'd be billionaires. Come on. I mean, but boomer. I was like boomer. In fact, uh, I thought that yeah. I was so cool that I didn't know what Lindsay defined as a boomer. Like to me, boomer, baby boomer, World War II, like our right. parents' age. Yeah. She's like, no, don't you, you came get it? with the ammo on that. You're like, no, actually, right. I am not. Right, yeah, you, because you, I didn't you, know he, that, he that took, it was just yeah. purely slang for, hey, old guy, you're a boomer. Yeah, it, it, you, you, you hashtag well actually her. Yes. Yeah, so I stood in the mirror. I looked at my face for a little while. I tried to figure out what I was going to do with my wrinkles, where I was going to get some Botox injections, maybe where I was going to get some surgery. You done. don't really get Botox, do you? No, I don't, but maybe oh. I will. Oh. You know? And, uh, and then... I, re- I, re- I went over to Rachel's house. It's okay. Valentine's Day. Here okay? we go. All right. George, I'm armed and dangerous. Yeah. With something very romantic. Remember, I talked about buying a card yesterday in the store. And you were going to handwrite it. Yes. Yeah. $7 for a Hallmark card. Correct. Seven bucks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got off the air. 
Yeah. And I looked in the mirror, I worked uh -huh. on my wrinkles, and then I got back to the card, and I sat down, and I wanted to express my feelings for this woman and what she has brought to my life, the goodness yes. that she has yeah. brought to my life. Right. So I took pen to card, and I wrote in handwriting, which, by the way, is completely unreadable. I mean, it looks like a doctor wrote now, a prescription. As in, like, script or, like, or like cursive? No, just in, uh, what is it called when it's not script and cursive? What's it called when it's just regular writing? Regular handwriting. Yeah, regular handwriting. Oh, yeah, okay, I, I felt like that's yeah. script writing, but I mean, whatever. That's fine. Script format. But so I so I write my feelings. Yeah. I think you're amazing. I think you're so brilliant. Yeah. I think you're so gorgeous. Right. You're su you're such a fantastic role model for my three daughters. Like Sounds I'm, great. I'm, I'm writing all these wonderful things. Yeah. Now I go to her house. Uh huh. Okay. And she's walking in as I'm walking in with a couple of big bags of sush. Okay, she had gone to get some sush. What is sush? Sushi? Sushi, sushi. Oh. you know, but young guys like me, we abbreviate things like this. Oh, you know? You know? I see. Millennials. I don't know anyone that, call, anyone that calls it sush other than uh -huh. you, but go ahead. No really? one. You can't take the extra, like, millisecond to say E, sushi? Yeah, but but at the end of the day, I've got that extra millisecond to do something, you know, that I want to do for me. Sure. Okay. okay. You know? All right, whatever. So, go ahead, yeah. so I go into the house. She's got these bags of sushi, and uh, I've got this card, and I'm really excited to give it to her. And inside of her home are her two sons, and they're okay. both great kids. And so um, we wind up all getting into a conversation, and before you know it, it's like 10 minutes to 8 p.m. Like, this is all happening, like, not long after getting off the air. And yeah. I look at, and my, my phone alarm goes off, and she goes, yeah. what's going on with your alarm? Oh, sorry, I forgot. I got to go pick up my daughter. So there's no exchange of cards there's no, I'm not even eating because if I eat and then I run, that's rude. I literally buzz in, say happy Valentine's Day, drop off the card, which she doesn't open, and I see that she has on the counter a card with my name on it. Right. But she's not offering to give it to me, you know? Uh-oh. Uh so now I wind up leaving to yeah. go get my daughter because then yeah. I got to take her home. Did so, you forget so you had a daughter? I didn't forget. I was just oh. trying desperately to find this child a ride. Yeah unsuccessful so oh. you know why didn't, how old is she she's 15 uber yeah why didn't you just send her an uber she refuses to get into an uber by herself mm. she's a 15 year old young lady who refuses to get into an uber i mean i can herself. respect that i can respect it um there's no question about that um so okay um yeah. she couldn't uber with a friend no well there was no friend there was it oh. was her she was at this thing so she needed to get a ride home. So I, I'm the dad. I got to go get her, you know? Right. And how so, far is this now? I would say from Rachel's place to where I had to go pick her up at the JCC, I'm talking like maybe 15 minutes or so. Okay. Not too bad. Go ahead. No. So I leave. Yeah. I've The card's on the table. Wait, she wait. Does... I, are you telling Rachel you're leaving for good or are you telling her you're coming back? No, I'm telling her. I'm like, I'm, I got to go get my child and then I got to get her home because she got hours of homework ahead of her. So like, Val and then I, oh, and then I do this, George. This was a good move. Yeah. I, I hug her, and I whisper in her ear, tomorrow night will be our Valentine's Day. Right. So, right. I, so, I, so I told her that tonight yeah. would be our Valentine's Day. Uh -huh. And she told me, well, I'm not going to open your card, and I'm not going to give you your card until we celebrate Valentine's Day together. Oh. So Valentine's Day, for all the talk of not being a romantic and not doing anything, and what should you get and what should you give, should you go for dinner, prefix menu, getting gouged, flowers on Valentine's Day versus other days, and all yeah. the love yeah. advice that the great 710 listeners gave me, yeah, all goes up in smoke because I had to get a kid, 
she had kids, no Valentine's Day. Huh. Well, Isn't that, that amazing? Kinda, you know, Cap, kinda... you should have taken a note from Kanye, or Yee, as he calls himself now, and yeah. just sent her a giant pickup truck filled with roses. There you go. That cycle. <laughs> <laughs> it is also psycho. There is oh, that. not a great idea? It's psycho? I mean, for you, maybe it's okay because you're still with her. For yeah. Kanye, not so much. It is a little creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that so, is the mother of his child, but also kind of stalkerish and weirdish. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, as it turns out, I mean, all this talk of Valentine's but, Day. But here's what I would say about Kanye. Yeah, uh, I, I, I hope he gets help because, it, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I, I am a big believer in mental health. And, I you know, I'm actually seeing a therapist in two days. Um, I, he needs to see somebody. Like, somebody needs to help him. Or he you needs wanna, to help himself. But you want to talk Something. anything out? You want to yeah. talk about anything before you I'm go? I'm just I saying. Mean, well, I'm good. Help? I got plenty to talk about when it comes to myself, but I want to finish this story. Oh. So go, you pick up. Now, you go and you pick up the, the daughter, and that's it. And then it's tonight is the night, right? Well, that's what I thought. So, yeah. uh, oh, so then, so then this more. afternoon, Uh-oh. she and I got together because we, yeah. we were working on a couple things together, she and I. Oh, and, business-wise. Yeah, this was, this was business. Like I, Let me put it this way. This was so much business. That to get an appointment with her, I had to go onto her Calendly. You guys know what Calendly is? No, what's yes. that? Calendly is when you want to make an appointment with somebody, so you um, get a link on their email, you click on it, and then yeah. it says, "Okay, I'm available on these dates between these times." So I booked an hour with her today. Please tell me you're seriously like you're joking about this, right? Oh, this I'm not joking not, one this bit. Is not serious. No, I'm 100 percent serious. Uh, yeah. This relationship does not sound like it's a healthy over. relationship. Oh, I'm wait like, a second. This Hold is on a over. second. She's a very, very busy person, and I'm a busy person, and I needed an hour of her time for business, not for you know sweet nothings, not for you know get down and dirty in the middle of the day. This is this is like business. So I had to book an hour on her calendly. And then we got together for an hour today, and we worked on a bunch of stuff that needed to be worked on. And then I said, hey, tonight, it's Taco Tuesday. Let's go out and have some dinner and have, have a nice Valentine's Day. At which point, she told me, Uh-oh. oh, it's my girlfriend's birthday, and we're having a party for her between, like, 6 and 8. I was like, this is great for me. This is going perfectly for me. Yeah. I'm out of this, and I got nothing to do with it. I am I'm out, and I am guilt-free. Yeah. You know so, what they say, Cap? Tell me. If someone really cares about you and they want to spend the time, they'll make the time. Ooh, true. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you may be right, Linz. You may be right. I'm sorry, sir. This is over. Why like, do you say that? Because, look, Cap, I just yeah. know. She is pushing you away. She knows you have a daughter. Granted, you should have figured that out before getting to her place. But mm-hmm. she knows you have kids. She has kids herself. So she understands what being a parent, a single parent, is all about. Mm-hmm. So she shouldn't have gotten upset for you needing to go pick up your daughter. Oh, she wasn't upset. Okay. I mean. No, she wasn't upset at all. I think you guys think it's over because I had to book time with her on her calendar. That is kind of strange. That's but part of it. But yeah. she's she is an accountant, and I needed accounting services today. So I needed to like book her time yeah. from business, not like, hey, can we just have lunch? You know, you got too many eighty nine forty nines to you know deal with. I don't know what the hell I got. I just got a whole <laughs> bunch of paperwork and documentation, yeah. and it's just way beyond my pay grade. And she understands it all, and she just yeah. does it. So okay, I had to legit book time with my accountant today, not my who girlfriend. happens to also be your girlfriend. Right. I think though, more so, Cap, is the yeah. fact that again, like 
you know, especially if she was saying, like, you're not romantic, she's used to it. Now, this is no disrespect to anyone who's married, but a lot of people that I know who are married say, you know, you get to, you got to try different things and, you know, do things to spice it up or whatever to get out of, like, the monotony of everyone's routines, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you guys are, like, way past the monotony phase and you're not even engaged, let alone married. True. Although I will say one thing, though. You know, one thing I got to say that you guys may not really understand. Okay. Is that she put out a post last night on Instagram. Okay. Wishing me a happy thanks. No, happy Valentine's Day. Not <laughs> That'd be funny if it was happy Thanksgiving. That would have been great. Then, then I really would have known that Laura and yeah. Lindsay are right. This thing's yeah. over. She's wishing you thanks, happy Thanksgiving on Valentine's Day. Yeah. But she put out a Valentine's Day photo of she and I, which very frankly, had she asked me, hey, do you mind if I post this picture? I would have said, don't do it. Because I'm shirtless in the picture. Oh, boy. I think you just said that because you want everyone to look at your shirtless photo. Well, I don't know how anybody would find it because I'm not even sure if I'm tagged oh, in it. And so by the way, if I am okay. seen, I mean, it's, believe me when I tell you, I'm not proud. Okay? I would, I, I'm feeling like very, um, like as if somebody, like Tommy and Pamela lead me. Like they stole my, my shirtless picture and they put it out on social media. But she put out this really lovely post about Valentine's Day and this okay. great guy and right. and you know he he's he's up for any adventure that I'm in for when okay. he's not working his ass off and so it's, it's a little uh, it's a it's a little high maintenance this uh, relationship between the two of you. I'm not even referencing just like uh, you know I'm not t- I'm not taking it on her. I feel like the two of you need to figure this thing out. You know? I know we're busy. People. You two kids, you're you're a little crazy. Uh, maybe we should go for some Cap, boyfriend girlfriend some, therapy. I was gonna say I know some really good uh, couples therapists. You see, I feel like if you're in therapy before you're married, you probably no, no, should no. be That's done with true. this relationship. No, yeah, I don't agree with that necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, no. I mean, I, 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 it, I hadn't done it before marriage. I hadn't done it actually. I haven't done couples therapy at all yet. I just do my own therapy. But, um, but my own therapy helps me whenever, whenever there is a, a you know, a speed bump or an, an issue that arises. Right? Like I've learned kind of handle how to handle things better just based on that. So, I mean, are you seeing someone? You know, I haven't seen a therapist in a long time, George, but I miss my therapist. I really love this guy. Okay, then get, call him back. I miss him. Maybe I should go see him. Yeah. But see what he thinks about Rachel and your relationship. <laughs> well, how about my relationship with, with Lindsay and Laura? I got a lot of women. In, you in do have a lot of, a lot of uh, women in your life, yes. I know. Three daughters, two female co-host producer types, co-workers. What's the, what's the dog? Is it a boy or a girl? B- dog's, a, dog's a guy. Okay. By the way, my dog has fleas. Oh, no. I thought all dogs got fleas, like no big deal. Apparently, no. it's a whole big problem. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah, are you doing bro. that your dog I mean, got fleas? I don't know. How do dogs get fleas? I don't know. How do they get from, them? From other dogs or places that get, have fleas? Yeah, like, yeah, but, yeah like, grass area, grass Like the outside. Areas. Yeah, right. Is that yeah. such... Is that bad? Well, you're supposed to yes. give your dog every month. You're supposed to give him like Frontline or one of those medications. Or like, yeah, a flea yeah, collar or at least or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to give him medication. Obviously, for you're not doing that. Medication well, I'm not. I recently took him to a Frenchie meetup on like a Saturday morning in a park. And I there think somebody else's Frenchie gave my dog fleas. You got to be careful who you're bumping Frenchies with because it, you're going to get dirty. It's fine if you give him the medication, right? You know, you take the little squeeze thingy and you put it down his back once oh, a month. I get a calendar I reminder every month. Yep. Hmm. Wow, I didn't know about this. I'm now having to put like a pill Wait. in his food. What? <laughs> Kaplan. Yeah. Bro, are you serious? Yeah. I thought all dogs got fleas. I didn't think it was a big deal. I mean, I really didn't know. It can, yeah, it's it, not, but you, all dogs can potentially get fleas. It's not like an ideal scenario, though. Mm-hmm. The, the problem with fleas is that they multiply very quickly. Yes, very mm-hmm. quickly. And, and then all of a sudden like, you get fleas in like your house. Yes, yes. everywhere. 
You gotta so like, what do I throw do? away the furniture. Get, yeah, you know. they get into the right, the furniture, the carpets, yeah. the rugs, whatever. Yeah. Oh my you god. Give are you guys serious? Yes. No, of course we are. <laughs> you gotta literally take all like vacuum everything, use the flea powder. They're yeah, like, you gotta scrub everything down now. Go, go online and look it up because there's yes. a lot going on when you get your dog has fleas. Oh my god, it's like kids getting lice. What the hell's going yeah, on? Right. Here? Very similarly. Worse than it's worse, yeah. yeah. Because there's they more jump. fleas than lice. Yeah, and they jump. Oi vey, I had no idea. Do you have little bites on you? I don't. Oh, okay, because the fleas can cause bites. Okay, I'm not letting this dog sleep in my bed. I mean, you could just that. call your boys at Corky's, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got my pest control guys. Yeah, they could come out here and take care of things. Right. They can help. I would. Hit, I'm not even joking. Like ASAP. I would call them. Yeah. Wow. Because you, how long has the dog had fleas? I don't know. Like in the last couple of weeks, you know, he started oh to my like. Oh God! Then they're definitely all over your house. Oh, God. They, they lay mighty. eggs, and then, like, a couple days later, then you got more fleas, and then those fleas lay how eggs. How would I know, by the Wait, way? Is there any how way long have you had this dog again? Well, I mean, he's eight years old, but I have, you know, he goes back and forth between me and my ex wife. He's only been here at my house for a couple of days, you know? Here's how you know. Wait, you so you guys, you guys <laughs> share the dog? Right. We don't share the children. We share the dog. <laughs> you take a white piece of paper uh-huh. and yeah. you put it down on the ground or wherever you're trying to check if there's fleas. Yeah. And you'll know in about 10 seconds if you have fleas. Because, Wait, uh, take a white piece of paper, yeah. put it on the floor. Yeah. If, if, then, or wherever you suspect the fleas may be. Like if it's your bed, floor, whatever. And then what happens? It, you'll see them on there. Oh, they come to the white paper? Yeah, you'll see them on that. You'll see on there, or you'll see, like, flea dirt or yeah. flea poop, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't need to go to a therapist. I got you guys. <laughs> no, I can't believe you need, like, this much help navigating through, like, just the most simple things in life. I'm not well, surprised. Yeah, I mean, No, I'm not I, surprised no, either, no, I gotta no, be I'm honest. This is why I had to book an hour with my accountant today. I mean, I just, like, Who is the now, girlfriend? Right now now, you're now it's girlfriend. starting to make more sense, actually, yeah. uh-huh, I gotta be honest. Uh-huh. Right now you're not my girlfriend, right now you're my, my accountant, you know? Yeah. That's you need to start play. charging Kaplan for therapy, you, guys. I, I thought you only did role play with me. <laughs> no, I, no I'm, I'm a role player, George. Yeah, uh, clearly. Yeah. All right, coming up next... Well, uh, if you have any advice for Kaplan on the flea situation or the girlfriend situation, hit him up at 877-710-ESPN. In the meantime, how serious are we to take this Sean McVay retiring thing? Because it seems to be uh, heating up a little bit. We'll get to that in a moment. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It is amazing to me you've never seen an episode, even like just after a football game or something. Yeah, I don't know what my problem is with uh, animated series, but I don't watch any of them. Right. The last one I think I really watched, and it's going way, way, way back, was Beavis and Butthead. I mean, I know who Bart Simpson is because of the Butterfinger commercials. Cap, are you going to watch the new uh, Beavis and Butthead when they're adults? Um, That depends. What's it on? Um, It hasn't come out yet, but I'll, I'll find out when it comes out. But it's supposed to be coming out soon, like in the next couple weeks. But they're, they're middle-aged guys, I guess. We, we're catching up with them later in life. That sounds very funny, by the way. The Simpsons also have like great like like occasional sports things too. Like I'm surprised even that hasn't like crossed your mind to yeah. watch. Hey, by the way, George, you know um, when you live your life on the radio like we do, 
Uh, you get a lot of advice from people. So now I'm, my my Twitter timeline is filled up with people explaining to me the problems I'm now about to have with, with fleas, number one. Oh, okay, good. Uh, in addition to that, I'm also getting a lot of relationship advice. Um, I did receive in the mail today, though, uh, what I'll call a Valentine's Day gift for my girlfriend. She got me a book called Scale or Fail, How to Build Your Dream Team, Explode Your Growth, and Let Your Business Soar. So, I don't know, that seems like a nice gesture, don't you think? Sure. I like reading business books. I don't know, man. Everybody thinks I'm getting broken up with or I need to break up with the girlfriend because I had to schedule with Calendly a time to get together with my accountant. So, I, I'll tell you something funny. We always talk about, like, their computers and your phones and all that stuff are listening to you. So I, I had clearly never heard of Calendly, right? Like, I mean, just the way I reacted. I looked at it. I Googled it and all that. And within – I'm not even joking. We were done with the segment. I go on Twitter and I, like, you know, refresh Twitter, and there's a promoted tweet for Calendly. They are listening to everything we are saying and doing. Just got to deal with it. Or don't have a phone. I guess that's your other option. That is so anyway, crazy. You know what is crazy is Tell that me. this Sean McVay thing seems to be real. Which part? Um, him contemplating? The contemplation, yes. Yeah, or or the coverage of the contemplation. Yeah. And by the way, I want to apologize in advance to Mike Lee uh, at Sunset Cuts uh, who tweeted us and said, this ther ther therapy session, the last segment, is much better than hearing about the Lakers and a Super Bowl that ended so long ago. I, uh, I mean, we're not going to exactly talk about the Super Bowl, but we're going to talk about the coach who won the Super Bowl, um, who may be retiring at 36 years old, which would be unprecedented, certainly. So. Yeah. Well, you know, we were having this conversation yesterday, George, about McVeigh retiring. And, you know, you were saying to me, Kaplan, you're only looking at the McVeigh situation through your eyes, meaning mine, not through his, meaning McVeigh's, right? Yeah, we don't know what people are going through in their life. Correct. And um, I said to you yesterday that I think this discussion of Sean McVay retiring seems ridiculous to me because from where I sit, here's a 36-year-old guy who yeah. I look at as a football addict right. and, by the way, a right. football lifer. Right. But by the way, a football addict can also make you burn out quicker. Perhaps. Um, but I will tell you, you know, and I like to pride myself, George, you know, on yeah. being a flexible, open-minded person. Yeah. I was having um, discussions with a few of my friends who are a little bit younger than me, more like okay. McVeigh's age. Not boomers. No, no. These are these are young millennials. I mean, in their mid-30s. I mean, these yeah. are young kids. By the way, there's a dude on the line that wants to talk to you about the boomer thing, but we'll get okay. to him in a second. You got it. You got it. So this friend of mine said to me, he said, I don't know why you think this Sean McVeigh potential retirement why you think this is so ridiculously far-fetched. Yeah. And he started to lay it out for me. Okay. He said, look, I'm 35. Yeah. If I made a ton of money already, I already achieved a lot of fame. I've already been hyper-successful. I want to start a family, get married, and live my life. Why, why would I not? And by the way, he can choose to go into television, which is way less work right you're still working in football and he could be like the voice of monday night football no offense to your boy lewis riddick 
um, and probably make close to Tony Romo money. Well, that's another part of this that that I really, again, uh, my my instant reaction yesterday was there's no way Sean McVay at 36 years old, a football lifer, a football addict, a football man, just winning his first Super Bowl is going to retire. Certainly not right now. But when you think about it, Sean McVay, I looked it up today, um, he's like one of the top paid coaches in the NFL at about $8.5 million. Yeah, he's in like the top five, I believe, yeah. But Tony Romo, to be the number one NFL analyst, he makes $17 million a year at CBS. Now, that that's the reported amount. Um, we don't know how accurate that is, but safe to say it's at least in the ballpark, to your point. Yes. Right. And and the thing about Tony Romo is he works 18 weeks, and then now, from now... Maybe 20, uh, you know, with the playoffs and maybe a preseason game or whatever, but 20 weeks, right? Yeah, now. okay. So, but, so from right now until the kickoff of next football season, Tony Romo's free guy. Yeah, he can golf all he wants. Tony Romo made twice as much money this year as Sean McVay did. Right, and he's got no worries. Nothing. Sean yep. McVay is going to get done with the parade tomorrow, which, by the way, gosh, I just hope there is a monster crowd for this parade tomorrow. I hope... Yeah. Because look, when when you and replace- by the way, you could you could catch the parade right here. Uh, once they get to the Coliseum at noon, um, we will have the festivities on the uh, station right at noon. So because sure for all the talk about how can the Rams elevate to Laker Dodger level, when you replace the Hollywood sign with Rams House, that's yeah. cool. That you is know? cool, and everybody yeah. gets to see it, and it'll yeah. be reported everywhere I, in every I, paper, every news, every TV channel. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely like I want them to succeed. Like, why wouldn't we want? I mean, look, think about it this way, like just from a selfish perspective, you know, even if you're not necessarily like friendly with anybody there, selfishly, their success, including the Lakers' success, um, you know, is beneficial to us here at this radio station. Right. I mean, when you're in business with these teams, their success is our success. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that if you're Sean McVay, when you get done with this parade tomorrow, and, you know, you take a little bit of time, but before you know it, it's dealing with free agency it's scouting for the upcoming draft. And I don't mean like the head coach is involved in every last little detail, but the football season never really, really ends. Yeah. So Tony Romo is on vacation for the next, you know, however many months after making twice as much as McVay. Correct. I, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but if you were ESPN, hypothetical, yeah. and you offered Sean McVay $15 million a year to right. become your number one analyst, yeah. and he's making twice as much money doing TV... Right. And he's got one one millionth of the stress. Right. And he still has all of the fame if he cares about that. Plus, he's got a lot more commercial endorsements probably as right. a TV guy. Right. And he gets to actually come on with us as opposed to Mason in Ireland, which we know he really wants to do. Right. So all in all, my first instinct is <laughs> Sean McVay retirement talk is preposterous. Yes. But when a younger person explains it to a, a, a boomer, Linz, yeah. you like the way I use the word now? I loved it. And I used it in describing myself. Yeah. Good job, Cap. You get points. Thanks. When when a younger person kind of explains it from that perspective, like, hey, if I'm 35 and I've made all this money and I've already got all this fame and and I can make twice as much money for one one millionth of the work, why would I not do that? And I went, it, like a light bulb went off and went, oh, my God. Jeez, maybe this Sean McVay thing is for reals yeah yeah it is. that's what i was trying to tell you yesterday but you wouldn't listen to me you'd have to listen to somebody 10 years my younger my my uh my junior i don't want to listen to a boomer like you yeah i'm actually a gen xer everybody oh. knows that yeah. oh. i actually fit the gen x mold a lot more than you do mm. 
You're kind of at the outer regions, the nether regions. Dude, it's only going to get worse for me later this week when I when I tack on another year. Oh, yeah. No, no question. All right, listen. Let's tack on another segment. Uh, you know, look, Sean has talked about mental health, right, and just kind of like wanting to live his life a certain way. I felt like really uncomfortable today, Cap. Why? Because there was a lot of mental health conversations today in sports, and I wasn't very comfortable with almost any of it. Um, let, let's tackle some of that on the other side because I feel like, honestly, if you're just listening, I feel like we can just relate as human beings sometimes and not treat these guys in sports and girls in sports like objects. So l- let's do that for a little bit. I know that sounds kind of boring, but I, I think you'll all be able to relate, and I Doesn't think that's what you like me. about. I think that's what you like about the show is that we're kind of relatable. So let's do that next. We're back in about two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're no good. You're Baby, no good. Baby, you're no good. Yeah. This is what Rachel's about to be singing a cap. Oh, it's the Rachel anthem? Is that what you're saying, Lindsay? Could be. Could be. Uh-oh. I, I haven't heard that. this song in a really long time. It's a good song. Linda Ronstadt, huh? Lindsay, I love... You know? listening to like the late 70s actually had really good music i feel like i know this was probably early 80s but like that genre of like like 70 like 6 to like 82 had like good female vocalists who were great musicians on top of that as well wow 1975 linda ronstadt you're no good Hmm. oh there you go so it was sort of in that range i thought for some reason this was 81 did she have a hit in 81 Maybe. Anyway. Um, so let me ask you a question. Did you watch any of the or have seen any of the clips of the Ben Simmons thing today in, in Brooklyn? Yeah, I, I've been watching a little bit of it, um, kind of checking out Steve Nash and what he's having to say about it. And, man, I seeing Ben Simmons today. I was like, who's that? Oh, right, right, right. Ben Simmons. Haven't seen you in a long time. Good to see you, kid. Yeah. So the reason I bring it up is, like, I watched the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? And... I thought he handled himself really well during that press conference. And as you know, the New York media is not always so nice. You know what I mean? Um, And they asked very pointed questions to him, including multiple iterations of, hey, there are people that think you're faking this whole mental illness thing. Right. And he answered it, I thought, perfectly. Like, hey, man, you know, sometimes you're in a dark place and – you know, you just try to handle it and deal with it. And he, he, he credited some of his teammates, like former teammates, like Tobias Harris or whatever, and like just guys, get, you know, whatever, get him through it. And then, you know, so I, I, then I watched like social media mm-hmm. 
and I watched a lot of TV, right? And I started watching all the different reactions, right, on social media, on you know stuff popping up on video and you know on TV and the different channels or whatever. And there was a lot of questioning about his the validity of his mental health. Even one example went as far as to say, well, you know, he was on the bench the other night with the Nets, and you know, he looked like he was smiling. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is that some sort of indication that he was being a phony? Like, wouldn't you be happy if you were in a place you were happy? When to your point. We haven't seen him in a long time because he wasn't really happy where he was. And I, I, I just felt like there was a lot of, like, people trying to be, like, mental health sleuths, right? Like, like they're, they're trying to, like, investigate, like, <laughs> poke holes in, like, what he was saying. And I was just like, man, this is kind of gross, like, I know that we do this for a living, and I get asking the tough questions, and I get that those questions even have to be asked. But then, like, to double, triple, quadruple down on it when he's already answered it. And, he, again, he com- he didn't do the, the Russell Westbrook thing where he started to get agitated. You remember Russ, we were joking the other day, he just kept getting more agitated, right? Like, Ben was, like, super calm, smiled, you know, gave the answer, and, you know, seemed, I thought, pretty forthcoming about his situation. Um, to the best of his ability. Um, I thought it was also telling that he, when he was asked by Malika Andrews here at ESPN about whether he's spoken to Joel, he said no. Um, Joel Embiid, that is. But, like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel icky, like, talking about, like, like I, I felt icky watching the reaction. I get it's the reality of his situation, and, it, you know, he doesn't seem uncomfortable having the conversation. I just feel uncomfortable with the reaction to the conversation. Well, look. When just the, a couple nights ago, remember when LeBron and KD were picking their All Star rosters, right? right? Remember and the Harden thing, right? And and James Harden's name comes up, and everybody's kind of goofing on Kevin Durant. And I don't remember who said, uh, "Well, he." I think it was Durant who said, "Well, he does. He hasn't played, or or he's hurt, or something like that." No, LeBron said, "Isn't he hurt? Is he going to be able to play?" Yeah. yeah. And then Barkley jumps in and says, "Oh no, now he's fine. Now that he was traded, he's fine, right?" So, so the assumption is the reason that he's got a hurt hamstring is because he doesn't want to play for the Nets. But as soon as he's traded to the Sixers, guess what? Hamstring's fine. Right, but it's not fine because the, the Sixers have already said he's, gonna take, he's not going to play until after, well, after, after the All-Star break. But you understand so. the point I'm trying to make here. No, no, I, is- I get, but, and I love Charles. You know that, but like, yeah, it's funny. It is funny, but I also think a hamstring is not the same as your – your, your brain, basically. Right, but, but yeah. the thing is, is this, is that for all of these months that this whole Ben Simmons drama has been going on and playing out in Philadelphia, which, by the way, dates back to the end of last season. This isn't just this season. Um, for all the talk about mental health, you, you realize that there were people out there that never bought that as reality. They thought of it as an excuse for him choosing to not want to play for the Sixers. And that's just, I'm not telling you that that was the case. I'm telling you that that is how people, not all, some, perceived Ben Simmons. Oh, he doesn't really have a mental health-related problem. He has a problem with his ego. He doesn't want to play for this team. He doesn't like the coach. He doesn't like the organization. He doesn't like what the players said about him. Aw, his feelings are hurt. So with that, when he goes to the new team, the questions are, so what's up, man? You, you, what are you dealing with? What's the problem? What's going on? Talk to us. Tell us. 
because just like Barkley, well, and I, I feel like he did. Like he said, hey, you know, I've had some dark days, and I'm just trying to like figure it out, and this is a new beginning, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like basically, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. All I'm trying to say is, is that just the same way everybody doubted. Harden's hamstring injury? No, no, but though, I can't I can't equate those two. Like to me that's not that 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 is absolutely not on the same stratosphere. Like it, you know, like let me tell you something, man. I've had some really dark days in my life, okay? Like I'm not even joking. Like I'm being straight up with you. Like this is, you know, I know we have a lot of fun on this show, but we can kind of pause for a second and talk seriously. Like, I got a and I'm, maybe you have too. I don't I don't know. Like I've never asked you, but you seem like a pretty happy go lucky guy, but I would imagine you, like everyone else, you have dark days. And you know, we like I have been in situations just let, let's let's just keep it to the business, okay? Um let's not make it super duper personal because we all have dark moments. Like I've had I've lost parents. You know, I'm dealing with a situation with another parent at the moment, right? Like, we all have that stuff, right? I think that's all relatable. Okay. But, um, like, even just from a per, like a personal or a professional perspective, I'm in really dark moments, man, where I'm just sitting there, like, going, like, man, do I want to keep doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? And, and you know, eventually I worked through it, right? Um, but there, there is there this, you know, Show business, and this is part of show business, and so sports, I believe, it will test your resolve. And I think it will test your resolve now more so than ever in a way that it never used to for Charles Barkley and those guys. You know what I'm saying? Because, man, I don't care what anybody says. We're going to have research cap in about 10 or 20 years about how social media impacts people's like brains and feelings mm-hmm. and mental health. And it's not going to be pretty, is what I would say. I would agree. What I'm getting at, though, is this. The, can you can we at least agree on this part of it? There are people, be it media or in, in basketball themselves, that had, and I'm putting this in quotes, question marks about Ben Simmons. Is he Does he have mental health-related issues? Or is this just him being an unhappy guy with the situation he's in, and as soon as he gets on to the next team, boom, everything's fine? Yeah, but who well, are we to de- to make that determination? I don't know who we are because I'm not one who of those is- people. What I'm saying is, though, is that the, the questions that were asked to him – see, I want to be more sympathetic. I want to be like, look, I don't know what's going on in that guy's brain. I don't know what's going on in his world. Um, is he seeking therapy? Does he have some sort of an issue? Look – I've been friends with Jake Laser for 20 plus years. I never knew until he started talking publicly that he had issues. Never. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think the the assumption should be that most of us have issues. I think that it's whether we're willing to deal with them, confront them and not suppress them, right? And by the way, if you don't have issues, God bless you, bro. I'm I, and and you know, I'm happy for you. Like well, I know I have a boatload and and I have had to deal like with a lot of crap growing up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and and just in life Right. Because we all have it. I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't find a way to overcome it. Uh, Although there have been some dark moments in my life where, you know, I've thought of ridiculous things that I, you know, obviously would never act upon. Um, But like it's it's just tough. Like and, and not everybody handles it the same way. And I'll tell you this. If I were 25 years old growing up today, famous, like people just automatically assume, oh, you got millions of dollars. Life is okay. No nah, man, I know a lot of pe- I know a lot of people with money who are ch- more messed up than me growing, mm-hmm. you know, and and they've got they've grown up with way more money than me, right? Like I grew up in blue cl- blue blue collar family, you know what I mean? Like and, and 
so, I don't know. Like I, I just think I understand that what you're we, saying, we just we just summarily dismiss people. I think finances to me become the 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 biggest impetus on this conversation. It's like, oh, you shouldn't feel, you know, you know, why should we feel sorry for you? You make millions of dollars, bro. You know? Yeah, but I think I think look, if you're a young person and you're in a major media market like Ben Simmons has been in in Philadelphia, where everybody who listens understands Philadelphia's a tough place, you know? It's a tough place to play sports, especially if you're not championship caliber, man. They jump you as fat and they're vicious. Right. Fan is short for fanatic. Yeah, no doubt. And so, and so it's not just the fans, it's the media. And remember, the media is probably made up of older boomery type people who right. are less compassionate. Correct. And, and yeah. maybe also don't necessarily believe it quite as much. Because yeah. the generation previous was like, hey, what's your problem? I don't know. I'm sad. Well, get tough. What's your problem? Right. You that know? is the res- right. That was the resolution. Yeah. Yes. To your yeah. to your point, Sedano. Though, like you could say the same thing for McVeigh and even Aaron Donald. Like yesterday, you guys were having a debate about Aaron Donald and and Cap. You were saying like, why in the world would he retire? Like maybe there's stuff you know, like he has going on in his life that we don't know about. Same with Sean McVeigh. Like there's always things that like we don't we as you know regular people don't know and that could have a lot to do with it right and and here's what I would say Sean McVay we kind of briefly touched on it yesterday you mentioned Jay Glazer you know Sean talked about it him and Andrew Whitworth and Jay Glazer where like Whitworth was saying yeah man you know I have these foggy gray days and it just sometimes it gets really depressing and you know and McVay was like you have those too like he was like astonished right like oh I thought I was alone on this stuff hey I want to keep having this conversation. I don't want to go anywhere. Okay, so yeah, look, we could finish this conversation. Like, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just think to your point, Cap, that you're right. Like, if you're Ben Simmons, and by the way, if you're any young dude, right, or or young lady, uh, in the spotlight, it, when you and I were growing up, remember there was all these stories about child actors, right? How they would turn to like you know, drugs or whatever, right. or this, right. that. Like, how many of those were there? Think well, about it. I remember it. quite, I remember, like, being a kid. Remember um, uh, Different Strokes. Remember right. that show, Gary That Coleman? show was full of of, but, of of young people who ended up having major issues. Right, like Todd Bridges was one of the stars of that Dana show. Dana Plato yes, passed right. away, right? And, right, and you're always thinking, like, what's wrong with these guys? They're, like, superstars. They're celebrities. They're making big money. They're famous. Lindsay what's Lohan? their problems, you know? Right, Lindsay Lohan, more, more current, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I just think, though, that when you're in sports, and we're using Ben Simmons as the example, because right. you said but, you but, felt but, icky. But, but real quick, to me, that's like, like we were at the time, we didn't know, like, to your point, like, what's wrong with them? Now we kind of look back and you can say, oh, yeah, maybe I kind of get what was wrong with them. Well, you just wonder, though, and I say, I'm going to say it like this, why? Why, when interviewing him, there's this, um, this suspicious tonality to the question? There's this this assumption that, and I don't know why it is, because honestly, like I'm not in Philly and I wasn't covering it day to day, but there seems to be this assumption that he was using this as an excuse, like a shield. Yes, and and I think you know just in a in a broader conversation here. Remember a couple months ago, and maybe it was six months ago, a year ago. What's the young lady's name? She's the superstar tennis player, Osaka. Naomi Osaka, yeah. Remember how she didn't want to do press conferences anymore, and she st- she sat at a press conference. And she said, "Hey, you know, I got some issues going on here, and the last thing I want to do is is have to play it out in front of you guys, the media." And I'm I'm paraphrasing what she said, but you remember that? Yeah. Okay. I feel like um, at that moment there were then question marks about, okay, well, now are other athletes going to say, "Hey, I can't do this because of my mental health related problems," and that suspicion, I think, 
is why people would question Ben Simmons about this rather than it being a hamstring where Charles Barkley makes fun of James Harden and goes, as soon as he gets traded, his hamstring's fine. Well, the assumption then was, well, as soon as this young kid gets traded, all of a sudden, depression's gone. Wait, but what about Kevin Love? Because, like, Kevin Love, you could say that he was, he's kind of like the poster child for being an NBA player that was, like, really the first one to significantly right. speak up about his mental health issues. And he didn't play for, like, a season and a half in Cleveland. And people, like, speculated and wondered, like, is he ever going to play again? Is he ever going to play for the Cavs again? He was making, you know, like $40 million a year or something. And, like, I don't think that he got the same crap that Ben Simmons is getting. People just, you know, which is great. I'm glad that they treated it. But, you know, a lot of people still refer to, like, well, if it wasn't for Kevin Love speaking out about it, you know, I think that a lot of people thought he opened a lot of doors. So Yeah, why? DeMar DeRozan, too, by the way, yeah. was also another so guy then, who was, you know, after right, around the same time as Kevin Love. You so know then what I mean? The question is, that then here's the question. Why is it that the media – in this story, the, those that were covering this Simmons situation, why is it that they were questioning it, questioning this situation as if it was not true? Because, I, I don't know, That's because he media, dated a bro. Kardashian? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he's on, you know, put stuff on Instagram. You know how many people I know, okay, that post stuff? I mean, this, like, literally, that is, like, a response like I'm looking at at, at a, a thing on Twitter I'm not going to call out the person that said that but literally what a media member from Philadelphia literally saying that he was overwhelmingly supported there and he was fans backed him up when everyone else in the NBA was ripping him until it went completely south um, but this person also referred to the public life that he leads on social media that's his choice in creation now listen man come on like how many people do we know okay that post stuff. I mean, just forget about famous people. Mm -hmm. Just people you know yep. that post a certain life on Instagram, like everything is great, and you know their life is a disaster behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to say, like my best pal. That's, that's a terrible. Ex that's a terrible take. Is right. what I would say to that media member. But my best pal, growing up from from the time we were little kids till now, this guy went from absolute dirt poor family and knocked it out of the park and became a guy who's like, you know, pushing being a billionaire. He's like that crazy wealthy, right? Right. And I'll talk to him on the phone. I'll go, how you doing, man? What's going on? Oh, I'm miserable. Oh, I'm miserable. What's, what, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, just don't oh, yeah, have a miserable this. Oh, oh. Like, I look at him and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, where you came from, where you are today, uh, all your success, all your freedom, all these houses and boats and, and everything else that you got, private schools for your kids, how could you be miserable? But it's not... It's not just the circumstances, it's the wiring inside that we don't see. Yes, but the, it also goes back to what Sedano said, that a lot of times people look at the finances and feel like, oh, everything right. should be okay. And yeah. on top of it, just going back to Ben, like, why should he stay somewhere where he's not happy? If you're not happy somewhere, you're going to bounce. Like, if And you, by the you know way, I mean? here's like, the other part of the equation that doesn't get talked about, okay? And maybe this will get me aggregated, who knows? I hope it doesn't. But don't you think... Like, clearly there was a rift between him and Joel Embiid. Is that fair mm -hmm. to say? Yep, seems that way. Okay. How much of it do you think is Ben mostly private, right? Like, you don't – throughout his time in Philly, did you see him do a lot of interviews? Not really. No. Did you see him post a ton of, like, hot takes on social media? I mean, I haven't. Right. Meanwhile, his counterpart, Joel Embiid, who I love, okay? I think he's a great player. I think he's a great dude. Um, but built and wired a little differently. He's certainly way more media friendly 
Would you say that? I would think so. And considering they're at odds, don't you think that potentially could play into the equation a little bit? You're saying that could it mess with somebody's head? No, no, no. What I'm saying is it's easier to control a narrative about a, a situation internally when you're the more media-friendly person. Mm. When you're the more media-friendly person, the media trusts you more, which allows you to potentially put a version of the story out there that you would prefer. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think do. about that. Like, I do. Like, you know, Joel being more accessible to reporters on and off the record, potentially. Makes him uh, likable to those reporters. Correct. Whereas Ben is not, not doing that. He's going out there playing basketball. Which makes the reporters think he's a jerk. Correct. Yeah. No, I get it, man. I do. Listen, it's hard. Look, in, in all real... Real life talk here for a second. You know, we all, you're right, Laura. We look at these guys and we're like, hey, you're 23 years old. You got $20 million in the bank, man. What's your problem, you know? But the pressure of, of being out in front of the public and everybody knowing how much money you make and therefore everybody having an expectation based on how much money you make, I mean, it's rough, you know, for these guys. And, and I just don't know how many people are, are compassionate because they just look at the money, to your point. I can tell you guys, when I was in college, just, I'll make this quick. When I was in college, George, I had the worst, worst, worst game of my career that anybody could have ever had, okay? I'm a 21-year-old kid. We're playing up at the University of Minnesota, and let me tell you how bad things were. You ready for this? Yeah. In one game, I missed four field goals. You know how bad that is? You know how... how oh, that's terrible, yeah. That is... Not good. I remember the coach saying to me the next day, he's like, well, he said, you know, if this were the NFL, we would cut you. And I'm like, yeah, coach, I, I, I got it. There was nobody on the staff to help me work through it. In fact, the next day in the newspaper, I remember um, the, our coach said, well, um, we're opening it up for a competition this week. Well, the kid from Penn State, our rival, he missed three field goals in their game, and Joe Paterno said, he's our guy. We're sticking with him. And th the pressure um, on a college kid, I remember that night, I got back from the, the away game. We went out to a bar, and every, everywhere I went, everybody was like, what the hell happened to you, man? What happened? And I remember walking around the next morning, Sunday morning, it's like 5 in the morning. I'm still wearing my suit. I'm like, like I'm stumbling through the streets. And what was the first thing I did? Like a complete idiot. You know what I did? I went right. to a newspaper machine to get a newspaper to see what they were saying about me. Dumbass. Right. right. But, but the pressure that you feel as a young guy because everybody's looking at your paycheck. So I don't know if Ben Simmons has major mental health problems or he doesn't. Um, but it certainly didn't come off today as sounding very compassionate from those that were asking him the questions. Right, but I felt like he handled it unbelievably well considering that was the case. Like, I thought his answers were, were thoughtful, um, and, I, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch that and say, whereas I watched James Harden, who is not dealing with any mental health issues that I know of, or at least not that he has proclaimed publicly, and I was like, he was like trashing Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, this was, you know, I was, I had to make that pit stop. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. He basically said I had to make that pit stop because, you know, that's the way it worked out. I'm like, bro. Maturity. Yeah. Like, he, Ben showed way more maturity than, than mm -hmm. James Harden yes, today. A hundred percent. For someone that's the, 25, I was telling Lindsay, I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I, some, mm, you know. yeah, I mean, and that's just juxtaposed to, to James Harden, you know what I mean? And his conversation was way more serious than the one they were asking uh, James about. So, all right, we got to run. 
Uh, I thought that was a cool conversation. Yeah, it's an interesting it's- conversation, man, because it affects a lot of people. Yeah. All right, coming up next, Matthew Stafford. Staffords are living it up, and it's time to talk about Stafford's place. We'll get to that in just a moment. 